Hello, no one is available to take your call at this time. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey guys, it's me. The Fresh Prince, the Big Willie, Will 2K, the King of Cool, the Chosen One, Will Smith. Guys, y'all know I'm a big fan of the podcast. Man, Tuesday at the Pinkett Smith household. It's a special time, especially if my kids are home. I like to wake up early. You know, I'll meditate and I'll make a unique green smoothie for Jada and Jaden and Willow. And I'll say to them, drink up. It's time. And they will imbibe that smoothie and they'll come out of their rooms and we'll sit in a circle around the red table. Everybody knows about the red table. My God. But it's not time for red table talk. Hell no. Instead, we like to join hands, we close our eyes, and we press play on the latest episode of Don't Praise the Machine. Because that show, man, it takes us places. It speaks to each of us in a very real, in a very profound and personal way. And it calls on each of us to be who we truly are. You guys know that I am being called on in my life to be a river to my people. And your show is a big part of that. So I want to thank you both. So I leave that with you. Congratulations from my heart to yours on 100 episodes. It's always love. Big Willie style. Oh my God, guys. Hi, it's me, America's sweetheart. Yeah, right. It's me, Drew Barrymore. I started listening to your show. God, it seems like a long, long time ago now, back when it was new. And I could tell, wow, this is special. This is really, really special. These guys are BFFs and I want them to be my BFFs. And when I found out Al used to have a picture of me in his desk, Oh my God, guys, that is so sweet. And so, when Colin, your producer, reached out to me to send you some love for your 100th episode, I was like, oh my God, yes, please. Love you guys and can't wait to have you on my show, whatever it's called. Bye. John. Al. It's me. Actor, producer, and fellow podcaster Alec Baldwin. It's my pleasure to send this message to you on your 100th episode of Don't Praise the Machine. But fellas, we've got a little score to settle. First of all, you bastards. I have over 200 episodes of Here's the Thing with me, Alec Baldwin. So think about that. And while you're thinking about that, think about this. My wife Hilaria is from Spain. Okay? She's Spanish? Was she born there? No. Did she grow up in Spain? No. Are her parents from Spain? They are not. Are her ancestors from Spain? No again. But she's as Spanish as a bullfight. And if you don't believe me, why don't you come down here and say it to my goddamn face? Congratulations on your fucking podcast from me, Alec Baldwin. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 100. I'm one of your hosts. I go by the name Alexander Holland. And as, I, as, 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 as always, I'm sat digitally next to my number one prince of podcasting. He's got to be the one called John Maloney. And John Maloney, I really want to thank the friends of the show who sent their well wishes this week it is episode number 100 yeah and so i want to thank will smith drew barrymore and alec baldwin yeah thanks very much thanks very much celebrities thanks celebrities this we look we love all of our don't praises out there yeah but we have a special place in our heart <laughs> For our celebrity for the, friends, for, for the, damn sure. For the people from Hollyweird. And we thank you, Colin, our producer, for reaching out to some of those people in the weeks uh, that have gone by and making sure that they had the opportunity to send their well wishes. Um, we also had a couple of late submissions from uh, Brendan Fraser and Vin Diesel, but unfortunately, uh, <laughs> they've come a little bit late to be included in this episode, but we do thank them for their well wishes. And John, episode number 100. People have been waiting so long. They've been waiting 99 episodes mm -hmm. for this special yeah. episode. We've made it to 100. 
That's a milestone. The century. The test cricketer yeah. century. A couple of fucking Bradmans. A couple of Don Bradmans. That'll be a, a cup reference yeah. reference that your German uh, friends will understand very readily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Australian cricket references. <laughs> Just a pair of old Bradmans here. <laughs> We're just a couple of Bradmans behind the mics here. I was just going to tell you, I wrote to ChatGPT during the week to get some insights on just how significant a milestone it is. And I said to it, how many uh, podcasts are there that are, you know, what proportion of podcasts, I think I asked it, have reached over a hundred episodes and it, and it said something like, you know, it's very difficult to know, but it said, however, according to a report by podcast insights in 2021, the average number of episodes per podcast is 52 and only about 14% of podcasts have more than 50 episodes. This suggests huh. that reaching over a hundred episodes is a significant milestone for many podcasters and only a relatively small percentage of podcasts achieve this level of longevity. And then I, kind of asked it a couple of more prompts uh, in particular about whether there were any podcasts that had started in 2021 as we had or have or did and have achieved or are about to achieve this milestone. And it said, it's unlikely that there are any podcasts that started in 2021 or later that have over a hundred episodes because producing a hundred or more episodes generally takes a significant amount of time and effort. Furthermore, according to available data, the average number of podcast episodes per show is around 50, which suggests that many podcasts may not have even reached that milestone. And I said, you idiot, ChatGPT. You've got, <laughs> you're wrong again. Uh, you, yep. You're too busy filling your response with didactic bilge about the, the importance of not valuing <laughs> myself based on how many podcasts I've done to just, <laughs> to just provide me with facts. Uh, and it said, sorry, you are correct that there are some podcasts that started in 2021 and later that have already achieved, already produced over 100 episodes. Don't Praise the Machine is one such example. And congratulations <laughs> on the creators on reaching this milestone. So thanks very much <laughs> to ChatGPT. Shashisikui. Friend of the show. Shashisikui. <laughs> I listened back, John, to the first episode that we did in preparation for the 100th episode, yeah. and a couple of things struck me. Definitely the DNA of the show is in that first episode, mm. but you can hear that we don't have the same kind of big dick energy <laughs> that we've developed. <laughs> the big, big, two big swinging dicks on mine. Yeah. We were just two junior dick boys <laughs> back then. You can tell. Um, nervous. Nervous junior dick boys two nervous junior dick boys my vo my voice is quite different as well hmm. and i was wondering if that was if i've if my voice has aged hmm. interesting uh or if i just had a kind of vocal tension that hmm. i have since relaxed because i've because i've done this a hundred times now yeah that I really relax into it, whereas on that first episode, my chords yeah, were, real were all restricted, very tight. Like you were, yeah, like you'd been asked to speak impromptu in front of an, a large crowd or something. Yeah, mm. you had a you had a real beautiful booming voice from episode one. Mm. You started off, and you go, you went, "Hello, everybody, it's me, John Maloney, and I'm <laughs> so at ease with being on the microphone. And I'm happy to speak to you on this podcast." And then I went. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, John Maloney. <laughs> it's so good to have you here on my podcast. <laughs> and then I remember <laughs> had, we had a running thing where you, which must have been your way of dealing with this at the time, where you you pitched up my voice and made me into a kind of <laughs> into a kind of meek character that sat on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember. I remember also that the the first thing I noticed when we we recorded the first episode, and then I, as I was producing it oh. and editing it, I realized something that I had just never consciously thought about, which is the fact that you have a deeper speaking voice huh. than me. And then we were having a discussion because I was saying that I was <laughs> I was gonna like roll off all of your low end because I did. <laughs> 
because I didn't I didn't like that your boom you were booming through everybody's woofers and I was real just up there in the, tw- in the people tweeters. were writing in people were writing in and saying <laughs> the problem with the podcast <laughs> is that you're just living up there in the tweeters <laughs> and John's living down there in the wool in the woofers yeah and we just skip your bits. We just skip your bits, Alex, because you blown out the tweeters <laughs> with your Professor Frink voice <laughs> and John's beautiful Barry White tones. Uh, are, are what we want to hear. Yeah. Well, we both we both got that down. I mean, yeah, I was thinking this the other day. We have uh, certainly improved our sense of how to pull something together these days we record and the, for the just to show you a little bit behind the curtain listeners when we first started doing this it took a couple of hours at least of <laughs> of chatting <laughs> that's right to get to get like 20 good minutes out of it and now yeah it's pretty much kind of what you're hearing is pretty much what we do there's a few you know there's a few bits where i cough and spit and uh say um too many times that don't get into the final product but that's probably only about five minutes of the raw recording that gets chopped yeah it's very light my editing these days is very light touch whereas it was very surgical at the start and Mm. because we didn't know what we were doing at the start because the way we started it is we just thought we'll just do a podcast and we'll just talk to each other and that'll be interesting yeah 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 but in order to capture that, the deal was that we would record for two hours. Yeah. And then I would edit it and it would end up being, we just assumed, oh, well, if we, if we talk for two hours, yeah. there'll be tw- 20 minutes of absolute gold yeah, yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, and sometimes I was there was. To, yeah. But I, but I had to quit my job to edit that <laughs> podcast because of how fucking long that took. And, uh, and now it's very, the record is very close Mm. to what comes out. It's just minus John's culture war outbursts (laughs) that I have to clip. (laughs) Just because we've made a deal that that's not what the podcast is going to be about. Yeah. 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 I have to clip those out. 45 minutes of me railing against whoever, the group of the, (laughs) the group du jour. And then it'll be, that'll be. (laughs) That'll be cut out. Uh, but we want to say thank you so much to everybody for listening. Yeah. We'll give you a little bit more at the end. Absolutely. If you've been if you've been listening, particularly since the first since the dawn of the show, that's a very DPTM completist. DT, DPTM completist. That's a very humbling. It's genuinely a very a very lovely and humbling thing. And perhaps perhaps it's worth mentioning. Actually, I did receive a couple of nice messages. During the week, um, from a couple of DPTM completists, I suspect, just about, DPTM completists. One of them is my cousin Kyle, who sent me a oh, yeah. sent me a, uh, a beautiful wooden chopping board, which he had made, uh, because he's a very handy, he's a very handy guy. He's, uh, he's very crafty and, um which I am not, so I'm always in awe of people that are. And he had made this beautiful board, but he'd also had somebody uh, laser in the logo and slogan of the Brunswick Spiritual Church. Uh, Those of you who are DPTM completists will remember that there was an episode where I went to the Brunswick Spiritual Church and had a a fun experience of um, having my aura read and various other things, and he obviously connected with that app and uh yeah and so that's, that's like the one investigative journalism episode mm, it's true normally investigative we're, journalism adjacent exactly normally we're kind of armchair commentators <laughs> but uh that was one where i got a, where i hit the pavement and uh did a bit of old school investigative journalism which maybe suggests that i should do that more if that's the kind of chord that it's striking so thank you very much kyle i love the board and it'll remind me to get back to the Brunswick Spiritual Church, uh, which I keep meaning to do. We should post that on the uh, DPTM Insta yeah, account. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing... That's a beautiful piece. The other thing which is worth mentioning is a is, uh, friend of the show, Rob, who um, who sent in this particular message, which I, which I very much enjoyed reading, and I'll just quickly read it out. He says, 
Hello fellas and congratulations on your 100th episode. On this auspicious occasion I was thinking back to your previous episodes and it reminded me that I've been collecting stats on your TTWS, Time to Will Smith. It obviously doesn't need explaining, but just in case, the TTWS is, of course, the length of time it takes you to mention Will Smith in any given episode. I thought he might be interested in my findings. So the basics first. Will Smith is mentioned in 17% of your episodes, which surprised me because it seems like you're always fucking talking about him. Of course, if you read this out, that will be 18%. As far as the actual TTWS is concerned, the quickest you got to him was a shade under six minutes and longest was well over 32 minutes across the episode's which have recorded Time to Will Smith, the average Time to Will Smith is nearly 16 and a half minutes. I think you'll agree, important information, keep up the good work, and here's to 100 more episodes. So that's, <laughs> I love that because <laughs> I felt something like the kind of mixture of bashfulness and pride that I imagine somebody feels on maybe receiving a draft of their biography from somebody who's writing their <laughs> biography, but it, it dealt in this case with a very specific quantitative quantitative measure of uh the podcast which i loved and i'm surprised by that it suggests to me above all that um we really need to get a lot more will smith in to the next hundred episodes i don't think 17 percent's nearly as high as i would have expected it was fitting that he's the first thing that anybody will have heard in this particular episode so that's true time to will smith 0.01 seconds <laughs> on this episode yeah it's a personal best for us um so thank you very much rob for those metrics i love that and he says thanks heaps rob. he said uh it stands up to mo- moderate scrutiny he's got other things to do with his life i think so there might be a few errant mentions of will smith that bring it up but um uh, but that's pretty rigorous stuff i think do so want to say thanks heaps, everybody, and we're going to go straight into triple arg number one of the show, because it's an absolute beauty. <laughs> what I want to talk about first is a brand new man that I've discovered, and he's absolutely going to become a friend of the show as he goes <laughs> along his life's journey. And the first thing I want to say is I was made aware of him yeah. by my dear friend and friend of the show and DPTM, uh, Scotty the Dog Robbo Robertson, mm-hmm. who sent me an article on this man a few weeks ago. And the man in question is of a man by the name of Brian Johnson. He's a tech CEO and he is a fascinating fellow. I was actually aware of his work before I became aware of him for what he's now more known for mm-hmm. in today's today's society. A, a company that I previously worked at used an online payment system called Braintree. Okay. And Braintree is what Brian Johnson started. That's how he made all of his money. Uh, apparently his net worth at the moment is around $400 million. Whoa. So... Brian's got a bit of money to spend. And I hear you all out there asking, what does Brian Johnson spend his money on? He's Mm. 45 years old. Mm -hmm. And what Brian Johnson is trying to do is he's essentially trying to freeze or reverse his own aging process and in the process (laughs) reveal to humanity what we can all do Mm -hmm. to essentially live younger healthier, more youthful lives, okay. or at least that's what he would claim. Yeah. But what everybody's gonna love about Brian <laughs> is when you take it when you first glance him, yeah. he looks every bit what you would ima- imagine uh. a tech multimillionaire looks like <laughs> who's trying yeah. to re- to to access the fountain of youth. Um it's- so true. You sent me a couple of tidbits about this in in advance of saying that you were going to bring it up on the show, and I was instantly transfixed. Uh, <laughs> and I did quite a deep dive just looking at interviews that he'd done, and he's. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can speak to his character, but definitely his appearance is very much that of a of as you say. If he had to say. 
if you put him in a lineup and said, which one of these is an eccentric multimillionaire who's trying to reverse the aging process, <laughs> he would get picked a hundred percent of the time because he looks like he's kind of from the future and he's all, yeah, he's all kind of smooth and youthful and, and very <laughs> muscular and very kind of has this very calm, uh, but slightly insane way of communicating like this sort of <laughs> this kind of calm intensity to him which is very arresting it's quite it's quite enjoyable watching him talk about this thing and he's got he's got a big team around him doesn't he he does and he he also he also makes fashion choices that seem like they're out of the it looks it kind of looks like if if a costume designer mm. had designed his whole wardrobe for a kind of what a future society would wear. Yeah. He wears these he wears these kind of interviews that I've seen with him. Yeah. He's wearing these these sort of clothes that look like kind of high-end hippie mm. fashion. So it'll be a kind of like it'll be a it'll be a pullover. Yeah. That's kind of loose fitting but looks like it's made of extremely expensive mm. material. Yeah. And then the collar will be kind of cut in such a way that it almost looks like scissors have cut the collar. And then he'll be wearing <laughs> a, a chain with some sort of nondescript pendant, yeah. which is no doubt some kind of homage to the future. It it makes me think of, um, you know, like if you were in a post-apocalyptic society and things were things were quite bad, but then you found this kind of sanctuary where people had found the solution to the world's problems. <laughs> That's how people would dress and look. Um, or it's a bit like somebody who is a side character in the matrix who comes out of the woodwork to explain what the matrix is to Neo. It's that kind of vibe. He's <laughs> 100% that vibe. They've got a few notes on, on, on Brian here. So Vice has called Brian the most measured man in human history mm. because he's built a team around him that measures every element of his existence mm. so that he can dial everything in. All his organs uh, and, and... All his organs. He's a true science fiction man. So he's an American entrepreneur, venture capitalist, writer, and author. Um, and he made all his money from selling that Braintree company, and then he started a couple of other companies. Uh -huh. um, and then he's more famous today for what he's calling Project Blueprint. Uh -huh. He announced this on the October 13th, 2021. Okay. And the project aims to measure and maximally reverse the quantified biological age of over 70 of his own organs. Huh. I didn't even know he had 70 organs. <laughs> I, only, I can only name like five. He he claims that the project has so far resulted in him personally uh, in a a epigenetic age reversal of five point one years. Wow! So I've I heard in an interview with him that there's some kind of DNA measurement uh -huh. that they use uh -huh. to to check what your epigenetic age is, and the claim is that through him doing all this project blueprint for the last few years, that he's gone from being from his DNA saying he's 45 yep. to saying, oh, this, everything appears to be like on average of a 39, 40 year old man. Okay. And now they're trying to get it down to 35. So they're trying to shave 10 off. And so I guess as he goes along, they're trying and trying and trying. His goal is to be, if is for it to all to show that he's 18 mm. years old. And wow. I have another little quote here. Cause this one really caught my eye. So I love he this He wants so much. to have the brain, heart, lungs, liver, kidney, tendons, teeth, skin, hair, bladders. Wait for this. I got these two in bold. Penis and rectum of an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> I like that. That specific part. Those are specifically named as part of Project Blueprint. Yeah, Project Blueprint, there's a lot of talk about stool samples Yay. and colonoscopies, which I love. Brian is, I mean, he's very transparent about the whole thing. He has a website where he lists uh. all of his all of his measurements. He you puts all his numbers read. up, doesn't he? All of his numbers up. And I said, for me, you forget about the heart, lungs, kidney. I will just take the penis and rectum technology, <laughs> please. <laughs> I have a very decrepit old rest of my body. Yeah. But... When I get the trousers down and I and I and I touch my toes, you'll know I've had a little bit of Project Blueprint done. Yeah, you, like you have the kind of entry level subscription where you don't, oh my God. you just get his 
his ass and dick data. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually you'll just be a kind of wrinkled old man with hypertension and and heart disease, (laughs) but you'll have this... (laughs) You have a stallion dong and a t- and a real and a really taut buttock. <laughs> it says here. So just so for reference, I took all this from Bloomberg and Vice. Uh-huh. So Bloomberg and most of it from Bloomberg and Vice. Bloomberg ran an ran an article on him in January this year, and I think that's that's what uh, that's what gave him, I think, a lot of recent attention and. Yes, yeah, so he's an ultra wealthy software entrepreneur. He has a team of more than thirty. Has a team of more than thirty doctors and health experts hmm. monitoring his every bodily function, and the team is led by twenty-nine-year-old regenerative, regenerative medicine physician Oliver Zolman, who has committed to help reversing the aging process of every every one of Johnson's organs. And it's probably worth mentioning here that if you have a bit of a look at his team, hmm. old Brian. <laughs> And you have a look at his social media accounts. It's a very odd assortment of weirdos that <laughs> seem to be involved yeah. in this. Like on paper, you'd go, "Oh yeah, this all." I'm imagining like, yeah, I like don't know when it, doctor, when it sober doctors. I just imagine like an old boring dude in a lab coat who was a kind of like Anthony Fauci ass yeah. kind of guy go. who was tinkering away on Brian Johnson's totally. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Oliver Zolman is. He's 29 years old. He's very young. And then when you, a few of photographs of Oliver Zolman, I think it was either in the Bloomberg, it was either in the Bloomberg or the Vice article. And the only photo of him is just him with a shirt off, looking at the camera with a, with a, with red light therapy shooting at his chest. And he has, and he's looking at the camera and then you go, okay, that's kind of odd. Yeah. And then when you it look looks at like Brian's, he's in a, he looks like he's in a club with like strobe lights streaming down on him or something it's quite weird yeah and then if you go and you you look at photos of brian Hmm. a lot of the photos of brian that the professional photographers have taken for his articles and also ones that he's posted he's always got his shirt Hmm. off and he's got like zero percent like fucking 10 percent body fat Hmm. and then he takes a lot of photographs of his 17 year old son who's also Looks, I think, takes on some of the regime of his kind of anti-aging, but it's it's nowhere near as extreme. Right. But there's just an odd amount of like men, yeah, young men, yeah, without shirts on, it's weird. who have no body, who have no body fat. There's one where he's, <laughs> there's one where he's, um, he's he and his son. How do I put it? They're kind of, they're kind of embracing affectionately, but yeah, but in such they're a way embracing. that I would say to somebody who was. You know, like if somebody <clears throat> was uh, being sued or something, you might, and they had to hand over some documents, you might say, let's just put that one in the shredder. Because uh, I just don't think it, I just don't know quite what it says about you, but it's not, it doesn't make me comfortable. <laughs> okay. Every comment, so he posted that on his social media account and all the top comments are just like bro i'm really into what you're doing with the anti-aging thing but this is odd and this is a this is an l meaning this is a loss um and so it's a photograph it's a photograph of him shirtless of course yeah and then behind him embracing him is his son uh shirtless and they both have their nails painted aqua blue Mm. and then the you can't write this like this is so good so then he's just written where is it here i sent this to you and i said you cannot write this oh, stuff. Yeah. so he's he's posted the photograph brian yeah. johnson yep and he's just written under the photograph that he's posted one day talmadge and i were outside playing soccer when he paused and said dad i appreciate you playing with me as an adult i imagine that there are other things you may prefer to be doing Thanks for playing with me anyways. And then he's written, I love this. Talmadge has always been this thoughtful, this nurturing of our relationship. So, I mean, why, why is his son named Talmadge? That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> so, he, And there's just all of these photographs of him and Talmadge, like, like in the home gym, doing, doing like pull-ups. Yeah. And then... Uh, 
And then there's and then his main doctor is just shirtless and with zero percent body fat. It's just some weird, weird it's future so with weird. no women anywhere. Yeah, we've in the in in the future with Brian, there's that no need for women anymore. It's yeah. just it's just shirtless just boys trying to be as futuristic men. <laughs> smooth, it's just smooth elves with who don't age. They're smooth elven men who don't age. That, so and the thing that I liked was. The longer that I watched him in interviews and saw images of him, the more, I think I said to you, the more I had this perverse desire to just force feed him <laughs> a Krispy Kreme or do something that <laughs> was totally inimical to his health. And I like to imagine that, you know, maybe if you left it until he was in his 60s and then one night you just, you know, talk him into relaxing a little bit and you and you go look i'm just gonna get a pepperoni pizza which just have a slice that's not gonna kill you and then he has one he has the he has that one bite and then his face just does what the guy who drinks the wrong chalice in indiana jones's face does (laughs) all of his all the age kind of comes on in a matter of seconds that he just crumples into a heap of powder that's what I, <laughs> that's what I imagine. But, uh, because he just, I mean, he must be doing this. It must just be a day daily obsession from which he never deviates. And you can very much it's believe correct. that when you see him talking that he's. So it, in, it includes, it's extremely strict diet, exercise and sleep regime. Mm-hmm. So beyond, beyond all of the tests that he's having done mm-hmm. and all the procedures, uh, yeah, it's a lot of diet and exercise and sleep and he doesn't deviate from from any of it it says also each month he endures dozens of medical procedures some quite extreme and painful and then he measures their results with additional blood tests mris ultrasounds and colonoscopies uh so mate he is he's dialing it in yeah real deep i've had some some medical procedures akin to that and i gotta say if you said to me, you can either have f- five or 10 years less of life, but you've got to, you wouldn't have to do this ever again, as opposed to having to do it once a week for the rest of your life. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough call. I've got, um, I've got some absolutely choice cuts here from the Bloomberg article <laughs> that, I mean, I, I normally try and paraphrase so it doesn't look like, like I'm too lazy, yeah. but. I mean, so this is the, the, I wanted to quote the, I wanted to make sure I name checked the journalist here because she's done great work. Ashley Vance is the one who wrote the article. Mm-hmm. So she's the one who went and visited him in his Venice compound. <laughs> and uh, Venice compound. Venice beach compound. And he, uh, so she's written, there is a regime and series of measurements for every last part of Johnson's body. He's taken th- 33,537 images of his bowels discovered that his eyelashes are shorter than average and probed the thickness of his carotid artery. He blasts his pelvic floor with electromagnetic pulses to improve muscle tone in hard-to-reach places and has a device that counts the number of his nighttime erection. Of late, he's been presenting as a teenager in that regard as well. Wow. So there's a special machine yeah. that, that is checking his morning morning glory throughout the night. So that's probably a fairly key measure of your epigenetic age is how many random bones you're getting. Yeah. And so because he's just barring up every night, <laughs> all night, he's... Br- <laughs> he's <laughs> he just... He just... He's smooth. This smooth elf. <laughs> I like... I like picturing that smooth elf with an erection all night long. <laughs> and is he, what's his personal life? Is he, I mean, I know he's got Talmadge. Does he have a, a wife or a girlfriend or a husband? Or I didn't a... see any of that. I didn't okay. see any of that mentioned in these articles. Uh-huh. But it's interesting. I'm wondering, I mean, obviously he's loaded, so mm. that's going to make him more attractive. But I do wonder if he was just out there in the real world and he wasn't a, a, a sort of multi-millionaire. I wonder what this type of a man, what kind of, what, who's looking for this type of a man? Who's, who wants a 45-year-old man who is spending $2 million a year mm. trying to become an 18-year-old again? And also, 
that probably probably that erection measuring device gets in the way when you're trying like <laughs> you know i'm imagine I, like one of the like like a sleep apnea machine yeah like, oh can you put can you can you just you'll have to sleep in the other room tonight because i keep kneeing that metal box under the covers that measures your <laughs> erections because <laughs> that electric machine that keeps zapping your pelvic floor keeps <laughs> keeps getting in the way okay I like to imagine that, that that erection measuring machine is like massive and whirring, like a like tur- just like a room with turbines, like a cyberpunk like ten, thing. Ten, ten hoses kind of attached to it. Just <laughs> <laughs> <This> all night. Has <laughs> steam and pistons has everywhere. Like an old, old fashioned bell that that dings when you get an erection. Um. And then, and then she's written here, Johnson's lifestyle isn't for me. In September, shortly before I walked to his door in Venice for dinner, he texted to warn me that he just had some fat injected into his face and seemed to be <laughs> suffering from an allergic reaction to the excruciating procedure. Oh my as God. A result, he said, as a result, he said he might look a little weird. <laughs> he was not wrong. When, I, when, he, when he opened the door, I could barely recognize him. His face was so puffed up, it looked like he'd spent the afternoon chugging bee venom. Oh Stranger God. still, his pale skin was glowing, absent of most of the flaws that accompany middle age. He could have been mistaken for a big swollen porcelain doll. <laughs> and then she said, this treatment struck me as largely cosmetic. And then open brackets, mm. Johnson also dyes his hair. So he does, he bangs on about doing this uh, to assist humanity. Mm. And that it's all about, you know, really trying to understand the human body and what makes us age and give us a better quality of life. And to be honest, I I love that about him and the fact that he's doing this because I'm Mm. sure that that is some of what's going on and that it may, it may prove, yeah, that he may really have some data that I can take into my life. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to assume that, I mean, it's unfortunate because it's just a, it's a sample size of one, but nonetheless, if I was a biologist, I would be fairly interested in that kind of person who's just gone i'll take whatever you know you say to me is going to be a useful therapy and i will spend all day every day measuring the results and i'm not gonna you can guarantee that i will not cheat you know i'm not the kind of person yeah. who, who is in, in a experiment but then secretly going off and having garlic bread and not writing it in my food journal yeah. um so yeah, good on him. But uh, I love this for him. I love this for you, I love this Brian. For him. Yeah, and I love to watch his program. I'm going to have such a keen eye on him <laughs> to see exactly what's going on because we. I mean, I love weirdos, mm. and he is just he. When I when Scott sent him to me, <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe this is real. And yeah, some of the outfits, some of the out, like it just screams eccentric millionaire weirdo. I think I wrote here. He's almost completely humorless and cold and weird in his in his in his Venice lair, trying to live forever. Yeah, and then I can just imagine him as a kind of hiding in plain sight Batman universe villain, like he's some <laughs> totally. ultra he's some ultra wealthy, charming billionaire. Yeah, uh, so like socialite by day at the cocktail parties with all of the Gotham City elites, mm. but then behind it all, he's doing whatever it takes. To live forever, like murdering people and consuming their nutrients. He's and totally got that vibe, yeah. Batman finds out, and then there's just a scene where Batman's tied up in Brian's research facility, and there's a scene where Brian, where Batman goes, "You'll never get away with this, Johnson," and then <laughs> and then Brian just goes, "You're gonna help me live forever, Bruce," <laughs> while holding up a syringe full of a green liquid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just exactly that yeah it is and brian i love you so much i love that you're being a guinea pig for the rest of us i need better sleep uh. i want three colonoscopies a day i'm gonna be i'm gonna go up against him as a i'm gonna market myself as the you know like i'm gonna take a more relaxed approach uh, i'm gonna have a <laughs> have cr- i'm gonna have cronuts and stogies and just see how that <laughs> see how that so yeah, see which one of us carks it first. <laughs> um, so you and me are both, we're both five years younger than Brian. 
So, yeah, we need this, you and me, we need the pod to take off so that we can afford this two million a year trans, because it costs two million a year. So wow. his whole thing. So, I mean, it cost him even more to set, because he has a lab in his home now where all this home lab. research yeah, takes okay. place. He's got a lot in my home lab. <laughs> Shout out to friend of the show, Seb. That's his favorite, <laughs> favorite Tim and Eric bit. This that's always very a esoteric song. home lab. Um, and yes, it should be his home lab. And he, um, it, so he built the home lab and that cost millions, but then maintenance is two cost two million dollars a year for all of these procedures and stuff, right? So we need the we need the pod to take off so that you and me just start getting the ploofing, dye the old yeah. hair, yeah. Have, all these, have all these procedures, and then you and me can just start buying back. In age, <laughs> uh, and then I w we won't look so odd using all the gens the Gen Z speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. We'll get we'll get a much wider demographic. Suddenly, all of our social media pics will just be you and me looking dead at the camera with our shirts off, with kind of blue light hitting us, <laughs> and they'll just they'll just be unannounced other young men behind us, also shirtless. <laughs> when, with with one with, with hair that's been straightened, just looking dead at the camera, and people go, "Oh, they've lived their dream. Yeah, they've become total weirdos." <laughs> this is this is not an L. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to say thank you so much, Brian. Yeah. Thank you for being out there. Going to keep an eye on that. Thank you for being another tech squillionaire who's playing God and being a weirdo. I love it so much. <laughs> And shout out to Talmadge, your 17 year old son, who I'm also keeping an eye on. I see a bright future for Talmadge. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Maybe I can incorporate some of like some of the things that he says. I mean, obviously a lot of it costs $2 million a year, Yeah, but I don't know, like the diet stuff he eats, he only eats, um, he eats, he's a vegetarian. I think maybe he's even vegan. Okay. He said, you don't need to be vegan. That's just his personal choice. Right. He wasn't saying that being vegan was necessarily, was necessarily important for longevity or whatever. Yeah. For longevity. But he, he consumes so, he has to consume so many vegetables to get the nutrients in. Wow. That he now, he now blends them into this kind of dirt. The, oh. the journalist said that it tasted like dirt. Because she had some. Oh, no. Because it's, it's too much chewing because the amount that he has to consume to get the calories in because there's no animal products. He, so he's just like chugging jugs full of and is that vegetable he's, slice. Is that because he's just exercising an insane amount? I mean, I assume so. I assume he's burning a lot of calories trying to... He's burning... He's burning some, I think he tries to take in like 2,000 calories a day, okay. but it's hard to get that up if you're just, if just eating broccoli and... Yeah. Mm. So he... And he just got tired of having to chew it all. Mm. So he just... He, he makes it into this mud paste and just eats it. Sounds... And I'm not too... Look, I'm not too far from that. <laughs> People who know how I <laughs> eat... True. Know that my diet's not too... F a lot of what I, I think eat... Scott might regret introducing you to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, my fridge has a few Ikea tubs full of what look like nutrient paste, the kind of soil and green <laughs> thing that costs, like, five cents a meal, yeah. but has the nutrients I need. Yeah. What do you want to say, John, to end this segment about Brian? Well, I'm going to go and have a look at his data as soon as we're done here, because... Up until now, I've had the, I've had a worrying inability to gauge the epigenetic status of my genitalia and particularly your anus. Yeah. Um, the mirror wasn't doing the trick. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I was just like, it seems fine, I guess, but I want to get some science into it. You know, most, most, most people are, most people are squinting at the mirror, looking at their furrowed brow mm. with, with concern, mm. whereas you're just squatting over the mirror going oh no <laughs> that's that's a 45er for sure So, guys, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in episode number 100 of Don't Praise the Machine. And thank you if you've ever listened, 
if you've listened to this, it is your first episode. Or if you're a DPTM completist and this is your 100th episode, like my parents, yeah. especially Mama Marie is a DPTM completist. completist for damn sure. Hey, if you're a completist, if you've listened to all 100 episodes, give us a shout. Don't praise at AOL.com is the email address or don't praise the machine, the podcast. You'll find us on Instagram. We respond to direct messages there. And John, what do you want to say to everybody that's out there? Well, I want to say firstly to my mum, uh, maybe take, <laughs> m- maybe, maybe take this opportunity to start listening to the podcast because <laughs> Marie's got about 98 episodes on you at this point. I think my mum was disturbed by some of the early content and didn't, didn't want to know more about me than I was willing to present <laughs> to her face to face. But I think now's the time to jump back in. Um, and I do want to say what a wonderful, what a wonderful time we've had. It's a great part of my week preparing the podcast. And even after a hundred, hundred episodes, it's still something that I look forward to each week. And we love hearing from you, the don't praises during the week. And we love putting up content on the Instagram account for you during the week. And of course we love coming up with new hotch blogs for you every, every week. And so we hope that there's many more episodes to come and we love you and we thank you. I have a little bit more free time than John. <laughs> and so it's definitely going to be coming. Even if John bails, mm. I got nothing else going for me. So this is, <laughs> this is, if it's, if it ends up just being me in a, in a bunker in the desert yeah, with a little satellite radio, <laughs> with just... a little set, with a, with a satellite Wi-Fi connection, spitting spitting it out once a week and chattering about conspiracy theories in the end of the world. Just a short wave that somebody <laughs> briefly gets as they drive past on the highway. Then it's going to be there. Mm. And I echo John's sentiments. It's been a true joy. It's a really fun part of my week. And we get lots of beautiful feedback from all of the people who listen, and it's a great opportunity for me and John to catch up mm. because we obviously live on different sides of the world now. So I want to say I'm giving you a handshake and a hug through the screen. No. John, John's, John's, John's giving me uh, the wanker symbol and doing the finger to me <laughs> right now. I would never. And I have to cut this out. Yeah. I'm just egg pl- putting egg, eggplant emojis up on the screen. <laughs> Eggplant splash emoji sad face. Eggplant splash emoji sad face on the screen. And here, guys, we say, we say that's been a great 100 episodes and here's to the next 100. Can't wait to see you at episode number 200. And don't you be turning off the wireless just yet because John has made sure that you guys have a real special message to enjoy at the end of this episode. So we want to turn it over right now to one of the best friends of the show who sent us a very special message organized by John. He's, uh, Thanks so much, everybody. Sent us an, he sent us a message, those of you who have been listening for a while will know, way back at an earlier milestone, which now we've left very much in our dust, episode 50. And so I brought him back for this uh, first triple digit episode of Don't Praise the Machine. Here he is. Well, stop the presses, everybody. Stop the big news. It's the 100th episode of Don't Praise the Machine, or as I like to call it, DPTM. It just seemed like yesterday it was the 50th episode, which I was honored to be a part of for the video. And it literally does seem like yesterday. Okay, now, I want to, if you don't know what this is about, John Mahoney, him and his buddy, who live in another country, uh, uh, they get together once a week and talk shit about pop culture and stuff like that, which seems like a very funny idea. They get in there, they record, uh, they're old pals, and they live in different countries. So that's the miracle of podcasting. You could do, you get two guys in two countries, uh, who have nothing to do and they get together and they talk to each other and they make a podcast. <laughs> they talk about pop culture, technology, and who doesn't want to hear about technology? 
I mean, that's something. Yeah, at Daily Life. Man, these guys' Daily Life. They, it, you can just tell it's a super exciting life these two fellas have. Anyway, whatever happened to 1900 numbers? I'm not even sure what that means. 1900 numbers. <laughs> Maybe I'm too old for the podcast. Or those raps they put in movies to explain the plot. Oh, okay. That's a good idea, actually. And, and I think they've done that, right? I don't know. i got to listen to these guys. What the fuck is wrong with James Corden, etc.? That's a hell of a topic right there. That's a good fucking topic. Well, boys, have fun. Keep it up. And for all I know, there's a one boy and one girl. Whatever there is. Let's not even go down that road. Guys, and I call everybody buddy. I just uh, did a Comic-Con here. And, you know, the Comic-Con, you get a lot of... Uh, uh, strange, uh, different, different personalities, you should say. And uh, there's often times where I'm not 100% sure, uh, uh, and, and I shouldn't be, uh, what to, uh, how to address people. And I just call them all buddy. <laughs> Man, woman, or child. Hey, buddy. That's a little tip for the podcast right there. That's an excellent tip to put on uh, Don't Praise the Machine or DPTM. Seriously, though, good luck, guys, and congratulations. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to get on the phone with a friend a hundred times, but then to record it and put it out there, I mean, that takes a lot of nerve. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll see you at 150. Do you remember me from the movie E.T.? I played a small girl who lived in a family that found a deformed boy that lived in the basket of a bicycle, and the whole town was angry at him because he had taken all the light bulbs out of their refrigerators and shoved them in the tips of his fingers. In the end, we had to drown him in the local lake as the moon shone bright behind us. I will always remember his most memorable line. Please, don't drown me. I'll give back all of the light bulbs. Congratulations on 100 episodes, you filthy animals.